the cup. We want the cup. We want the cup. We want the cup. Here it is, Sunday, June 25, 2023, and the countdown is on for the biggest week of the year as we patiently wait for these no moves to be made, despite all the rumors (laughs) that have... (sighs) Very busy weekend, very little to show for it thus far, which is incredibly disappointing. If Travis Sanheim was traded before this show, I would have been here naked with a pina colada in one hand and my cock in the other, and just... (laughs) as can be right now but no it hasn't happened yet still got this guy in the team still got Hayes here no trade has happened as of this recording at 9.07 p.m um eastern standard yeah (laughs) eastern standard (laughs) yeah uh but you know we'll talk about that all the rumors and all the uh rest of the hoopla for the week but first we got some new co-host introduced been a hot minute since we have a new people on the show but um Anthony Spots is here, newest brotherly puck contributor. Anthony, what's going on? Hello. Hello and welcome. Uh, you may know me from Twitter, or you might not. Uh, <laughs> just so happy to be here. I've been doing uh, Spots on Goal videos for a little while. Happily joined the team to write, and uh, you're looking at another diehard Flyer fan named Anthony, because that's very common, apparently. There's a lot of them, I heard. Yeah. And, uh... Returning to the show, I guess technically, that was first uh, official spot, Pastor Josh is here from the Christmas show. <laughs> Josh, it's nice to talk to you sober. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rolling along. Um, it's good to, good to be here. Uh, long-suffering uh, Flyers fan, so suffering is the emphasis. But uh, hey, it's all good. It, there's always next year, right? Yeah, and at this point, you may as well just say that for the next at least five years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I add that your your facial hair is incredible. I know that people are just listening, but shout out, <laughs> shout out to you. It's Master the Schuster Josh beard, man. It just it's, comes in like crazy. It's very nice. I, I'm I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. And last but not least, uh, as well, making his brotherly pod debut and brotherly puck contributor, Dylan Robillard is here. Dylan, what's going on? Um, not much. Um, pretty busy these days on Twitter. Um, 
with all the flyers rumors, even though nothing's been complete. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Dan. Um, excited. So, yeah. Well, simple. like we said, there has not been a whole lot that is completed. There was supposedly a groundbreaking trade with Seattle or uh, St. Louis, I should say. Yeah. Featured uh, Hayes and Sanheim and Lawton and Konechny and Chuck Fletcher's firstborn and uh, all this stuff that was going on. And then an autograph from Chief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Craig Brewery autograph thrown in there. With but him uh, his picture of the cup. Has not happened yet. Apparently, Tory Krug did not want to waive his no trade to come to Philadelphia. And does anybody really blame him right now? But uh, that it was apparently the holdup. Sounds like they're shopping Sanheim elsewhere. D'Angelo may go to Carolina. Go back. Go back to Carolina. Yeah, still nothing uh, official with that on either, which is, uh, you know, very. I'm going to wait. When this show drops, uh, we're going to hang up in about an hour from now. And about 10 minutes after that, it's about 10.30. Expect all three of those trades to happen. Just don't piss me off. (laughs) All at once. uh, (laughs) All at once. Everything. But uh, let's start with the Sandheim one, since that one is the most relevant um, of the bunch. They're obviously on the clock. His extension kicks in July 1st, which is this coming Saturday, and his no-trade clause for his new eight-year, $50 million contract. Clearly having some buyer's remorse looking to ship him out of town, so anybody that'll take him over the next week is priority. And You know, the, tr- uh, the Seattle deal was interesting. Or, Seattle, why do you call it Seattle? St. Louis deal <laughs> was interesting. You look at their roster, and good lord, just... It's like the San Jose Sharks defense. Everyone's locked up forever on stupid contracts that nobody else is going to want. And yeah. it is kind of interesting that it comes down to Krug not wanting to. Like, what about Justin Falk? What about Scandell? What about Pareko? Can't you swap one of those guys out and make this deal happen? It's just a whole lot of bodies out there. So we'll uh, open it up to the floor here. Everyone, everyone thoughts on uh, Travis Sanheim potentially getting dealt? Can I just quick say something real quick about Krug? We are on a podcast, uh, Anthony. Okay. Scott. Well, so when you when you look at that roster and the way that they're structured, uh, I think it's fair to say you're looking at a quick retool as a team that sold heavily at the deadline, but somehow still played very well. Um, and, you know, they, they look like they have the pieces. If their goaltender would stop trying to fight everyone, they, they might, you know, have a shot. And when you look at all the defensemen you named, uh, Krug, to me, stands out as the lone piece that not only has the name that can draw a lot of value, he's much older than the rest of them, and he's more of an experienced vet for a team that's looking to just add maybe one more piece for veteran leadership and depth, who's still got it, still got it in the tank, to carry into the playoffs. A lot of people have linked him back to Boston, Boston or Florida, when you look at a piece away from still being a serious contender. I, I, I would love it if we swapped Sanheim for Periaco, but uh, I, I think it makes the most sense that Krug is the one who's being shopped. And also as a, as a player who has his own bargaining rights, if you're watching the team around you that won a Stanley cup only a few years ago, retool to make another serious run at it. Why? No offense to our beloved team. Why would he want to come to Philadelphia? A rebuild for the rat left, you know, what's left of his career, or another run at it in St. Louis. Yeah, I think um, Anthony. I think I think you're right. I had said to to Dan before we started recording. There's only three um, trades, in my opinion, that they have to win. One was Proby, which I think that they did. Uh, the second would be Carter Hart, 
if they decide that they're going to trade him. And third is TK. Those are your three most valuable assets. To me, anything else, um, it's a matter of getting contracts off the book. Um, it's just you're going to have to be creative in doing it. Um, I'm fine if they want to bring in um, a couple. Um, by a couple, I don't mean half the roster of aging veterans, but yeah. a couple of the aging veterans to be able to go alongside, hopefully, this youth movement that they've started and that they're going to continue. But in terms of a trade for Sandheim, I think if you can get that contract off the books before <clears> it kicks in, um, I kind of count it as a as a major win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think... Krug was necessarily meant to possibly stay in Philadelphia as it is. I think he was probably going to be another trade piece for the Flyers, but then it fell apart. Yep. He'd be part of a flip, you know, to yep. Boston, Florida, yep. to another one of those teams. Um, I think before we even fully answer the Sandheim question, I wanted to ask all of you guys this. Why, and uh, I expect great answers because all of you are very <laughs> tapped into this, does it bother you a little or kind of shock you, I should say? Sandheim was once thought to be the most steady, dependable of the kids we had drafted and had high hopes for. You know, signs this big deal. We all know what happened last year. I mean, it was just tumultuous. Does it shock you how quickly the e-break, the emergency, you know, ejecto cedo button was hit that everyone now wants him gone instead of another shot at clean it up and see what he still has? He is still very young. You know, he's still, I understand the money, I think, is the biggest point. But to me, it, I personally find it a little uh, shocking that Sandheim is, everyone says, you know, can't get you out of town fast enough. Provorov, totally get it. Sandheim kind of shocks me a little. Yeah. I mean, me personally, it's a personal thing because I watched him with the Calgary Hitmen when he was initially growing up and preparing for the draft. And seeing him be drafted by my favorite team was like, insane like that was yeah. pretty cool but like i think it is insane how fast everyone kind of turned on sandheim and how everyone just wants him out immediately like i don't see the reason as to why he needs to be moved to me well obviously his no move clause but i think he could bounce back pretty easily i don't see it being too hard of a challenge for him i think he will bounce back simply because that's historically who he is. He has a great season followed by a down season Then he bounces back and then it's right back down. That That's why I, you, you have to get rid of the contract because in good seasons, it's going to be a bargain. But then you have the other, what is it, four seasons that'll be down seasons where it's this anchor. And if he has that no movement clause, you're stuck and there's, there's no way out of it. Um, I think part of it is... Um, and Dan, you as a whole with the, the podcast have been great about talking about the fact of the Hextall uh, fascina fascination. I think part of it is there's just a lot of that that's still there. People mm -hmm. view him as one of the prime uh, Hextall gold pieces. And um, that's what uh, I guess he was viewed as. And it's time now to move on. For me, I'm encouraged because I haven't seen this from the Flyers front office in terms of they have a piece that they have value for that they're going to be willing to get rid of. I mean, when is the last time this has happened? It's been a long time since they're trying to capitalize on what they have. And so for me, I, I mean, I think Travis is a nice kid, 
but at the same time, I'm more encouraged by what Danny and, and Keith Jonesy are trying to do. They're trying to actually capitalize on what they have. And that's what that's more of what I take out of it in terms of the Sanheim deal. Well, I completely agree with you. I'm out of the uh, clearly on my own island on this one, but I, I am an OG Travis Sanheim hater. <laughs> very much dislike this guy. Very much have disliked this guy for a very long time. And the reality of the situation is, is he signed his contract on opening night last year before the puck ever dropped, before he ever played a game for John Tortorella. You know, it was the previous regime's mistake. The new guy's here, Breer's here, Jones is here. Tortorella clearly doesn't like the guy. You know, you're committing yourself to a long-term contract with a no-movement clause. You don't want to be a part of that. And you're rebuilding. You got left-handed defensemen coming out your asshole right now in this system. You just don't need this guy on this roster long-term through a rebuild. You know, what happens when Andre needs a roster spot and Zabula needs a roster spot? You know, you're, you're just, there's too many bodies back there and getting rid of him. And, and D'Angelo's very much in the same boat. It's not obviously the long-term situation. But if you get rid of D'Angelo, Ronnie Adder has a roster spot next season. You know, that's what needs to happen here. It's a rebuild. Play the kids! You know, Zamula and Adder should be take priority over this stuff. And, you know, it's just, I'm sure Sanheim may bounce back. You know, a good season for Sanheim still isn't very good in general. But at the end of the day... It's a previous regime's mistake, and you know, I guess it's unfortunate for Sanheim that he signed here thinking he was going to be here for eight more years, and he made it. Uh, the contract hasn't even kicked in yet. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's just it's time for change, and uh, you got to get out of this contract before the Nomumi click uh, kicks in. Yeah, and Anthony, I think also part of it is we have a coach now that demands defense, yeah. and that was really never Sanheim's strength. Right. And so I think that's why people are so willing to be able to move on from him, regardless of whether Torts is here for seven years or he's here for two. The reality is, is that I think the flaws in Sanheim's defensive game have really come to light. And I think that's why people are really willing at this time to just kind of move on. Sure. I think um, you, you smashed it on the head with the, you know, for so many years we've watched an organ and the tweet has just been endlessly funny from from Chuck Fletcher you know trades are hard in this league I, I'm pretty sure when Danny Breer pulls these trades off it will be more done than Fletcher did in five years in in two weeks or two months I should say so the, the willingness to even entertain shopping this guy before you commit to an eight-year deal before Fletcher would have well we believe in him you know, I'm sure he'll come back. And we'd be looking at seven more years of, as you said, average defense, average offensive play. I I can't recall if he had a permanent no, in fact it was a it was a if you remember, it was a contentious point. He never got power play time. And that was something he was hailed to be great at in, in the AHL. And for whatever reason he never got power play time. Um so we wouldn't even miss that. You know, he wasn't giving it anyway. So He's got like what three power play points in his career or something like that. Yeah, and they they hailed it as he's you know that that's a that's a great point for Travis him to be on. Sanheim <laughs> got uh, uh 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 two power uh, two power play points in the last wow. three years. He had four, so he's got ten overall. So everyone, you know, <laughs> shit, here we go, ten Can't power play points. Look out, Can't Wayne Gretzky. He had four in 1920, and he had uh, <laughs> one in 2223. So, um, not you very good. You had during those years, you had what? It was always Provorov or Niskanen, and then who else? 
Well, I guess D'Angelo had that role last year. I guess year. Ghost. Ghost. Ghost was yeah, because yeah, there's a guy who's doing well. I have a question for you guys then. If Sanheim and D'Angelo are moved, who eats all of that ice time, though? Because who eats the 27 minutes that Provorov played every night? If the fan D'Angelo that wins the contest that night um, gets to skate out, <laughs> suit up and... Uh... I am. I think Dan shares the same opinion. Clearly, Ronnie Adderd comes up right away. Ronnie's dressed before you even say anything. Um, and then I would, I would like to see where these trades play out. I could see uh, maybe getting another piece that could be a sixth, seventh spot, so you can rotate. Um, the, is it Sean Walker we got from the Kings? Yes, I am. Yeah, uh, I look at him as a little bit younger. Not by much. Justin Braun just slots in a steady, another vet defenseman for depth. So who's going to eat all these minutes? I think they're going to be dispersed. I don't think you're going to see an Iron Man holding that much ice time, not with who we currently have. I don't think it's going to be somebody that we currently have. I think in one of these trade returns where they're going to sign somebody in free agency on a one-year deal, and I think that's going to – I'm not saying this is what I want to happen. I think this is what's going to happen because I think Torts is going to say, if you want to do this rebuild, that's cool, but you got to give me some people that I can play. <laughs> um, and so I, I really think it's going to be some vet that they're going to try to flip. Yeah. And uh, you know, if uh, this Tory Krug guy wanted to wave his no trade, it would be somebody like that. <laughs> somebody you can bring Correct. in for a year and, and plug him into the lineup and, you know, we shall see what happens in a Sanheim return. But I assume York's getting a bulk of the Provorov minutes there as the top lefty. Yeah. yeah yep. Too. Risto is probably your top righty, so that speaks to the state of your defense in general. Hey, we're all just waiting for playoff Risto. <laughs> It'll happen. He, he definitely played a lot better towards the end of the year. I think uh, Torts really sees what he has in terms of no matter how defensively He's been fine for a majority of his tenure. I think the beginning he's, of last season was kind of rough. Uh, yes. But but for the most part, he's been very, like, he and Sanham were very good last year. Yes. He was very good towards the end of the season. Do I want him playing top minutes every night? Well, you know. No. Yeesh. But, you know, and that's, we, we've drawn this parallel on, on these shows in the past, but, you know, a big reason why Provorov arguably failed the hardest is because, you played him with Andrew McDonald for all those years. And then you played yeah. him with Justin Braun for all those years. You set the guy up to never really reach that goal. <laughs> Josh has his <laughs> face in his hands. You know. But are you doing the same thing with York now? Hey, kid, go out there and play 30 minutes a night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, you're partnered with Ristolainen all year. Or if it's not Ristolainen, it's Sean Walker. You know, like, I, 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 you really got to work on getting that, that top righty. And I don't think you have one in your system now. You have Helge Granz, or uh, what I called him on uh, Frugan Flyer, Dingus Lord Lord. The uh, you know whatever he is on there, it's the kind of thing that I don't know whether he or Samson are going to be you know NHL caliber guys. Even if they are, it's going to be a few years from now. Your best bet is Andre, but he's a lefty who's going to play behind York. So I don't know what you got going on in this blue line, but you know it will be an interesting part because I mean even if Zmola and Andre here and Sealer and random righty third pair guy walker is just like jesus man they're gonna get destroyed every night with that blue line as is so hopefully you know whether it be krug or somebody else they find at least somebody on here that's semi-competent to play on this blue line to hold down the fort uh, at least in the short term with who you have left 
does it upset you further? And I look, the guy earned it. I get it, but we didn't. I don't think we fully realized how great we had it with Niskanen teaching Provi. Like if we had someone Niskanen like alongside York, yeah, that kid would just fall out. It would help. He's yeah. he's so calm and poised in his play on the on the power play. You know, just he just needs more a little more time, and he needs competent help. I don't think that's a crazy thing to ask. Well, I think part of the problem with Niski was he was he's a solid all-around player. So he's not the type of player that's going to stand out on the ice. So when the Flyers traded for him, it was like you didn't get anything flashy, right? But the problem is is that that's really what you needed. Yep. And it had been so long since, and I, I'll admit it, I'm a huge Ghost fan. Right. Me too. Because I like what he yeah. can do with the puck, all of those things. Um, and Dan, I, I know you're not, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm, not a t- I'm not a Tony D'Angelo guy, ironically, but um, I, I think that at least for me and, and people that I've talked to, they were looking for somebody with flash, and we didn't realize how much a steady presence, because it had been a long time since we had had that, since Chemo, since Pronger, that yep. just was there, that did their job, and you didn't even have to worry about it. Um, and that really was uh, Niskanen, but the problem is, is when you're watching him on the opposition, you don't really see that, right? And so I think that was part of the problem is we didn't realize how good we had it because there wasn't really a lot of hoopla around him coming in. Yeah, and Ellis was supposed to be that next guy, but that obviously yeah, that didn't help. Hand out. I feel so bad for him. I He's one of my favorite all-time defensemen, he, and he I'm I'm elite. like crushed. I can't yeah. I can't even. And I couldn't imagine being, you know, top of your game. He's arguably, at when healthy, was one of the best defensemen in the league. And it's all ripped away from you. you know? And then you see all that ugly that gets hurled at this guy. You know, you ruined, you sank our team. Like, don't you think he wants to be out there more than anything? Like, I just feel yeah, Probably not anymore. He's probably happy he's retired now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Robida Island. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and Your uh, future Arizona Coyote. <laughs> right at <laughs> us. They got quite a team, I tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah. The all-time uh, Coyotes they roster. They have more Hall of Famers on that roster than anyone in the league. They're not Probably playing, true. but they're there. They're there. Well, one of the other trades was old Tony D'Angelo. Going back to Carolina. What the fuck is Carolina thinking right now to reacquire fucking Tony D'Angelo? And he's, they're hurt. It sounds like, you know, that one, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. It sounds like it was through. Everyone says there's going to be a random center prospect coming from Carolina in it. So I don't know. Just some timing issues on that one, I guess. But um, if it I happens. I wonder if it's the amount being held. I wonder it could be. Some level of uh, retained cap there. and <laughs> I mean, and ultimately, the, the retained cap more or less doesn't matter. Um, you know, he's on the last year of his deal. He can retain up to half of it. And it, got no, well, besides Kevin Hayes, really don't need to need that for anything else. Um, even now, we're at the trade deadline looking ahead. So they can do whatever they want there. But, you know, getting him off the books, everyone's going to complain about, oh, it's a lost trade. It's this, it's that. And, you know, if you're looking at just returns in both deals, yeah, you're going to walk away less. But, you know, Chuck Fletcher miserably over overpaid for the guy last year in the first place. 
he sucks. Tortorella hates him. They had their fallout at the end of the year, you know, where he mm-hmm. sat the last five games or whatever it was. You yeah, know. it was like a week. It, this guy is <laughs> Tony D'Angelo. You know, it's not surprising nobody likes him and that he doesn't like anybody else. You know, there's no. It's addition by subtraction in its purest form is the phrase that I used on Twitter, and it is. Yep. You know, you're going to get better because he's not here. And if you're Tony D'Angelo, going back to a well structured team like the Hurricanes is where he's going to play best, too, where he can just be a power play guy and not royally screw anything up as the team's top pair right into defenseman. You know, he just can't handle getting blown out every single night like he was in Philadelphia here. So, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's not going to be a pretty trade for the Flyers when we look back in five years of the history of the Tony D'Angelo's time in Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, it's not a loss. It's, it's what needs to happen. Well, you can wait till the trade deadline. Well, what happens if he gets hurt? What happens if he punches out John Tortorella in November? What happens? It's just like there's so many yep. factors that go into that. And, yeah, he's probably going to rack up some power, point, uh, power play points if you keep him around. But, you know, if you get a fifth-round pick or equivalent for the guy now and you wait till the trade deadline and it upgrades to a fourth-round pick, who cares? You know, It's not worth the uh, you know additional eight months of misery of this guy on the roster. So, all in all. And what if Torts sits him every night? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. asking a serious question. I mean, yep. he was benched for – a decent chunk of you know the final two weeks like that's a very real thing that could happen then that fifth going to a fourth doesn't even happen the fifth's probably going to a sixth you know sixth in 2074 and you've got that money <laughs> sitting on your bench i i agree yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a way to quote win or lose the trade at least not until you know, five years from now when we make a trade tree video and show that, well, actually, the second and third that <laughs> Fletcher <laughs> traded away initially turned into 40-goal scorer Dylan Bob. You oh, know, we, God. You know, just yeah. uh, until until that player exists five years from now and we're miserable, you, you have to clear the locker room problems because if he, he's trying to fight your coach, he's clearly not someone you want yeah, something clearly happened. I don't think that situation around. ever came you to know, light, you... but something between those two happened that had to be relatively significant. Uh, yeah, you know, and so... you don't want that in a rebuild. You don't want kids learning like Ronnie Adder. We'll... Learn from Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll we'll get to it about about Hayes, I'm sure, but because because I have nothing but good things to say about Hayes, but it's the same story to a lesser degree uh, of a potential locker room problem. Not that. You know, everything you've seen, Kevin Hayes is just the most lovable, kind guy to his team. But if him and the coach don't get along and he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, you got to you got to let him go. Well, we can talk about Hayes. Uh, I guess he's the one that, you know, if this Krug thing ends up falling through, that he's the one that's still going to St. Louis at the end of the day. Um, Again, nothing official as of this point, but... Oh, it seems like the thing, and, you know, for the Flyers, I assume they're going to retain some cap. He's got three years left at 7.1, which is an ugly number for anybody, and comes down to how much they retain and what they get back. And after this Ryan Johansson trade, it was that Saturday morning that went through where eh, Predators retained, what, half of his deal to send him to Colorado for Alex Galchenyuk. Some reason he's still in the fucking league. Didn't even know that. But yep. uh, hey, he's great for me in NHL 23. <laughs> there you go. But... Uh, <laughs> He's not as old as you think. I'm. I think Galchenyuk is twenty nine or thirty one. That's a number that I keep hearing. One of those two. I, I read it. About Alex Galchenyuk is twenty nine. There you go. Once upon a time, a great second line 
forward, you know, a good playoff addition for someone, but I don't think he can stay healthy. And so I assume we're going to see a very similar deal for, for Hayes. It's going to be Hayes to St. Louis, hopefully not half of his contract, but probably a decent amount of the half they're allowed to retain for some random dude and or pick maybe both if you're lucky. But, uh, you know, at this point, again, it's more just about getting this guy off the roster. You know, I had a decent season last year, at least the first half. Anyway, the second half was yeah. was putrid. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's got problems with Hayes. Listen, I like Hayes. That is the one player that I will agree with you on in terms of who we like here. You know, 1920 yeah. Hayes was awesome. You know, and obviously yep. he's had a lot of injuries and personal problems over the last couple of years since, um, which is probably, you know, not uh, helped the game. Plus, the you know, it's just... It's just time to move on. If he doesn't mesh with Torts, he's clearly yeah, yeah. You got enough locker room guys here with Cam Atkins coming back. Scott Lawton, who we may touch upon here by the end of the episode. You just don't need him. Get him off his deal. Give him a chance to go win. Go do something else, and you know, just chalk it up as an experiment where you tried. And when he signed in 2019, it made sense. This was supposed to be a playoff team. And yeah. he served a role because Nolan Patrick is a goddamn vegetable. But other than that, you know, you just didn't. Uh, it just didn't work out the way he wanted to, and it's unfortunate that he's got three years at 7.1 left because retaining that gap. And that's where the Flyers need to be careful, right, is starting to retain all this money. And it's fine if it's D'Angelo for one year. It's fine, but you know, Hayes is three years. You don't want, you know, 3.5, whatever that equates to on your books for the next three years. So hopefully they don't retain, you know, all of it. Um, but, you know, we shall see if he ends up in St. Louis or somewhere else. But obviously they're still working hard at getting this guy yep. off of the team. I'd like to see, and I should have, prepped my notes a little further. I apologize. I was working right up before this. There was a tweet that went out. It was an excellent breakdown of the top available centers, uh, whether that's RFA through trade or UFA. Uh, it compared their points last season and the cap hits for each and every one of them. Uh, Hayes was actually the top of that list by three points, you know, with his 54. Every one of them was like 54 to 44 points, like within 10 points of each other, Solid, decent performers. No one's a top star that's available right now. It's not a great free agent year. But every one of them was right around the same cap hit or same level performance. So it, it was very interesting to see the breakdown of that when you look at some of these trades that are happening. You know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not as hard of a pill to swallow when you look at the market as a whole right now. You know, it seems like it'd be pretty equal. Yeah, I think one thing that Flyers fans are really going to have to keep in mind, and I know that it's hard because, you know, Dan, you talk often about how, you know, going for the cup every year, it was just kind of the standard. Um, and we're kind of in this wild wilderness right now. And so, you know, I, I grew up in that era as well. Right. And so I think one thing that we need to understand is that it's not necessarily about winning trades. And what I mean by that is looking at it face value right now, it's not about, um, trying to get um, the most as possible. Sometimes it's just a matter when you're in the state of the Flyers, getting rid of contracts or getting rid of locker room issues like we've talked about. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose, quote unquote, every trade. But the reality is sometimes the win for the rebuilding team is bringing in a specific type of veteran that another, another team is uh, willing to get rid of. 
that can help because it's a better culture fit for you. Sometimes that win is just getting a contract off the books like we were talking about with Sandheim. Sometimes that win is getting a boatload of picks. And like I'll use the Provi trade for this. I think that was definitively a win on multiple levels for the Flyers, not just because they were rebuilding, but I think that it was a really, really good win. But there's different levels of winning, and I don't think we need to be concerned about necessarily – a huge haul for any of these players because it's not going to happen. You're going to be very disappointed if you're expecting two first round picks for Kevin Hayes. It's just not going to happen. Um, I think sometimes you just have to look at the amount of money that you're freeing up for Danny to then be able to weaponize that cap space. And that's the phrase I've been using is weaponizing cap space. And it looks like Danny Breer is willing to do that. And that's great. Um, But I think that's something we're just going to kind of have to keep in mind as Flyers fans. Sure. That's very well said, and I think you you said it perfectly. I mean, there's there's so many things that go into that. Um, you know, specifically with the Provi trade, I think it has the highest level to turn into a win, uh, especially. And you can read more about this tomorrow if you nail your draft picks with the haul they got. Cheap plug. That infinitely turns into much more, right? You know, I if we turn these draft picks into even everyday NHLers, let alone, you know, starting a player that we don't even have on the team yet will sometime be a 40 points, you know, whatever. We don't know who we're going to get, right? The second round pick might become a nobody. But when you look at that situation, the best outcome was a hall of draft picks because it may turn into potential winners. Hayes, even though he's beloved in the locker room, he's not beloved by the coach. And the situation of a rebuild is not what he loves or desires. He wants to win. He's on the back nine of his career. He's he's not old, but I believe he's, what, 31, 32? Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a true vet, a true player with a, at a very high caliber who wants to go win a cup. You know, a rebuild, if we're lucky, is two to four years. By then, you know, it's a whole different scale. It, it's all perspective. Uh, By then subjective. they can re-sign him for another eight years. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, hey. Truck bust down your door. (laughs) Gio's got, what, they gave, Toronto gave Gio a four-year deal at 39 or something, didn't they? So it could happen. No, no more Kevin A's. We trade him. I don't want him back. They can resign JVR. I still don't sleep peacefully until this guy fucking signs a contract. I'm seeing rumblings of JVR to the Flyers for three years at five (laughs) number. Now, there's a firecracker of a question. I'd quit. I'd quit on the spot if JVR resigns. At what? I can't take it. I can't at what take level more JVR. Would, would, is, there a, is there a price point for veteran leadership and uh, cone pylon in front of the net? Is there, is there a price point for you on a one-year deal? You would welcome no. JVR. No. Yes. No. If no. he's willing no. to give the Flyers $10 million... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if he can create uh, more cap space somehow, yeah. <laughs> I, I, for me, I think for everything he's brought in his career, and you know, we're on the time of you can't just trade everyone. You need some veteran leadership to guide these players. Who is? I been... don't want JVR teaching my kids how to play hockey. Kidding me? <laughs> when you when no. you ask about a true pro though, who's not been stand in front in of the net anyway and make move toward shot. No. No! Uh, no! No more JVR! No! Don't bring him back! 
I, I, spots on goal, I would take him at less than three for one more year, personally. I'm just going to hang my hat on that. I feel you could get that from another player exactly. from an organization from that's trying else. to free up cap space and get an additional second-round pick. I mean, it's nothing against JVR. He's a real nice guy, does a lot for the community, but we've seen this JVR thing twice now. I don't need time number three. I didn't even like him the first time. We were all mad for a very specific reason when we got him the first time. (sighs) I don't know who you got before him. I don't know if you heard of the guy, but he turned out okay. He turned out so well, he scored the game-winning Stanley Cup goal against us, if you forget. Why Why are we talking well, about this up. team? Why would you... <laughs> Resigning JVR and bringing up Patrick Kane rumors. You're doing a lot to make friends around her, aren't you, Anthony? Listen. That happened during my honeymoon. So, yeah, that was not great. <laughs> 2010, I was 14. So, fighting for my life as well, I get it. Yeah. I was like seven. Jesus! Yeah, I forgot you're. you're Dan, every time you talk about how old you are, I just smile because I got years on you, and I'm like, oh, Dan, (laughs) you don't even know what's coming down the pike, man. I'm gonna be uh, what, 27 next month? Two months? What? End of August? Well, see, I shaved. I had a beard like yours this morning at 27. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, and then talking about rumors that have not been rumors. Of all the things that happened this weekend, we have not heard the names of Travis Konechny or Scott Lawton. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Who, uh, yeah. you know, were uh, seemingly leading the pack of the trade rumors during the week. And the weekend rolled around and it focused haze and all this stuff. And we have not heard one of these two. Now, as uh, Josh was alluding to when it comes to getting value from your trades, those are the two guys, you know, and arguably hard if you're to throw them in that mix, all left on the roster here that if you're selling, you need to get things for. And I think those could both very well be draft day deals. Um, if they do move either one of them or both of them or neither of them, who knows? Obviously, I think this is the one where uh, there may be some internal monologue between Tortorella <laughs> and uh, Briere as far as whether or not those guys are moving. But I did find it interesting that the rumors surrounding the two guys that simulated the most rumors, nowhere to be heard over the last uh, couple days here. Yeah, we we can touch on Hart later because I, I have a lot to say about that. Um Personally, again, here's another hot take for people. I would be destroyed if Scott Lawton left this team. I think he is your next captain because you ha- you can't do this nonsense where seven NHL teams actually don't have captains because why would we do that? You know, it's not like a tradition or helpful to the locker room for any sort of you know guidance. Uh, Scott is a true blood, sweat, and tears leave everything on the ice, Philadelphia Flyer. He's done everything he can in his time here, much like his mentor and predecessor, our former captain. So uh, moving TK, while I think would hurt us in the long term because of how young he is and the talent he has, for a rebuild and the current situation of the team, especially everything he brings to that locker room, I think moving Scott Lawton, even though you could probably get less than you would for TK, I think is the bigger loss. So I I really hope he is not moved. So I'm going to hop in because I feel the opposite. (laughs) Uh, So I've never been a Scott Lawton guy until the pride night incident. And then I said, I'm okay with him being my captain Mm -hmm. because I thought he handled that incredibly well. Um, And I gained a, 
ton of respect for him through all that. However, let's be real. Scott Lawton is a bottom six forward. If there is a team that is going to give me a first-round pick and a potentially second-round pick for a bottom six forward, when I have Cam Atkinson, who's not going anywhere, who can be that spokesperson between the team and Torts, I'm taking that first and second-round pick. Because I, I think that locker room leadership is important, but I think we as fans also make it out to be more than what it actually is. I mean, we heard for years that Giroux was not a leader. Right. Immediately he goes to Ottawa. He has a letter on his jersey. Like, I I think that we make way more out of it. And and honestly, Dan, I think you talk about this. The the C, it's kind of like a letter. It's, it gives you the right to be able to talk to the officials. Yeah. It's not like this huge. The people in the locker room already know who the leader is, they already have their mind made up whether there's a letter on the jersey or not. I think now is the perfect time to trade Scott Lawn. His value will not be higher because of his contract. And you already have someone else who can be in that leadership role, who has been with Torts, who I'm sure Kim Atkinson is more than eager to be able to be in that locker room all the time and to be able to be that sounding board between the two. Um, so I'm, I'm completely in the opposite camp. I mean, I don't hate Scott Lawton, but I think that Part of it is because we're Flyers fans, we make Scott Law now to be more than he is simply because he can rough some guys up, but he's not, again, for a bottom six player, you're giving me a first and a second round, or you're giving me a first round pick in this year's draft, I'm taking the high upside with a prospect. That's very fair. That's a a very fair observation, Uh, especially, I agree with you, I don't think he'll ever have a higher return than what he has now if it's if those rumors are true that that he was offered up for a late first and a second i know that's a very hard pill to swallow for people i i still stand by and maybe if this team was in better standings you this point would be hit home a little more when you look at the teams that went into the playoffs that went deep in the playoffs every team had a player like scott lawton whether they were your third center second or third they all had a player like him who brings it's like a level of calm poise, uh, just true veteran leadership. And let's let's not forget for the past few years, and Dan, if you feel so inclined, you could look it up. Scott was one of the best shorthanded penalty kill players in the league, not just on this team. That man is lethal on the PK. That that's absolutely huge when it comes to playoff time when you when the calls are there statistically for the first four games it it, it means so much to have a player like that go deep he had three shorthanded goals and seven shorthanded points last season alone so well we're not it we're not in a playoffs stand so none of that matters yeah um the flyers did not have a good penalty kill right correct so having scott lawton on a not great penalty kill I don't really see it getting better over the next three years. I think he has three more years left on his contract, right? Yes. We're talking in a best case scenario. You said two to four years for rebuild. I'm going to go with the three to five ballpark. Do we want to have Scott Lawton in a best case scenario? The team is starting to get ready to make the playoffs. He's in his final year of a contract. And then you're looking at giving Scott Lawton 
in his 30s a contract extension yeah i you have to capitalize on the the um trade value just with the timeline for the flyers because you're right playoff teams have those types of players the flyers are not a playoff team they aren't going to be a playoff team for likely the rest of his contract it's doing scott lawton potentially the rest of his life as well what's that (laughs) The rest of his life, potentially. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> do you does some of your hesitation with uh, the draft pick haul and and you know keeping him as opposed to claiming these draft picks? And again, you can read more about this tomorrow on Brotherly Puck. Oh my God! Does it bother you knowing you personally might not have a ton of faith in if they move him for those draft picks? What, who's to say they see NHL ice anyway, as opposed to just stuck in the draft prospect pool and we ne- they get, never uh, even make Rubsov and LaBerge to come up. and uh... Yeah, you know, is this another, my fear of that becoming another Jay O'Brien versus what intangibles on and off the ice he brings to that locker room. I, I, I Personally, I think he's a better player than some give credit, especially if you're looking at a permanent 3C. I'm not trying to say Scott Lawton is a top center by any means, but... I don't know. I'm I'm fearful of the draft. And know. that that's a fair point. I won't I won't argue that. To me it's it's a matter of odds. Are the Flyers going to be a playoff team that are that is actually a legit cup contender in the next 3 years of Scott Lawton's contract or do I have better odds in terms of getting a higher level prospect that could potentially be a top 6 forward? Mm. I'm going to take my chance with the latter yeah. just because I think the odds are better. That's swing, all. swing for the fence and hope you nail that draft pick. Yeah. It and also it gives me flexibility this draft to be able to do different things. I can take Mitchkov at seven and feel fine with it. I yeah. can use that pick to trade up to get Mitchkov, and I'm fine with it. So I, I think there's a couple of avenues that you can use that late first-round pick. Fair. And in those three, four years, when Martin is moved, that's Atkinson now. And then you have those two draft picks finally coming into the league when the Flyers are competitive and now they have top six. Yep. True. Yeah, I, I'm I'm somewhere in between. I, I think the leadership aspect has value as far as I'm concerned. I, I do think there's a reason to keep him for that role alone, but you have Atkinson coming back. You know, like I, he's clearly going to handle that role well and he's here for two more years. Everyone's got a price. Everyone. Yeah. And Wayne Gretzky got traded. Lawton is a guy that, you know, if somebody's offering you a first round pick plus a first and a second, uh, first round pick, first and second, first plus a pro- whatever the price is, you got to consider that. You know, I, I I do think that there is some skepticism acquiring all these picks. Um, you know, we played this game once before, didn't work yeah. out. You know, it, it, yep. there definitely is some level of yeah. skepticism to doing it again. Absolutely. But at the same time, you know, there's value for Lawton there. And if somebody's willing to pay you a first-round pick for this guy at this point, even if it's a light first, you know, if it's in 2023, maybe the guy you're taking at 28th overall would go 12th overall in a different, you know, a different draft, a lesser draft. So, right. you know, you got to take the risk. And 
I, I, I'm definitely torn on Lawton. I see both sides of the argument, and I understand both sides of the argument. But if those prices that are being rumored out there are real, you got you got to do it. You got to do it. I'm sorry, Lawton. I love you. You're one of my favorites. I've been a fan of Lawton uh, you know, since the beginning here. But at the end of the day, yeah. that price tag is right. Ship your ass to wherever you're going. I've had enough. So it's it's time uh, for I'm something willing, new. Uh, I'm willing to admit I'm I got some you know uh, nostalgia glasses. For Scotty Lotz, he's been one of my favorite flyers for many years. I'm, I'm well aware of it. Um, and, you know, here's hoping the next two to three years of drafting, and I'm including this one, you know, everyone wishes that their team could be the stretch that was 2003 and 2005 of Pittsburgh's drafts. You know, if, if we could do that and get four Hall of Famers in two years, I think we'd feel pretty good about this. And yes, I say four. I do count Latang. I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Not just Flurry, Malkin, and Crosby. We can draft more Rubesobs. More Travis Sanheims and James Reams Dykes. That's the worst case. Is, yeah. You know, if these picks turn into O'Brien, Rubstov, LaBerge instead of those guys, then we're back to square one. Ah, the good old days. Dan, I'm just so glad you let that Rubsov pick go. You just really are over it. <laughs> You don't hold on to it. It's just, it's great to see. I, 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 I watched Garmin Rubisov play in Lehigh Valley every night for like four years. I just, I, I, I oh, he was on the fourth line all the time as well. He sucks. God, I hate Garmin Rubisov. Do you hate yourself like I do? And do you ever just pull up hockey DB and look at the players drafted after some of the people oh, oh boy if we oh, start I, playing that I, game well, i'm gonna break up some fucking oh, champagne I, and drink i do it a lot uh because i you know i just hate myself as a fan and <laughs> i just look at what could have been you know everyone always the first dart is thrown at you jumped to two and took patrick over mccarr but there's a lot of misses that are not as often talked about but if you get into that argument would have the caliber of some players be as good on a Flyers roster? Would McCarr have been as good as he was with the Avalanche? Would he have produced as much? Correct. Yeah. And also, it was widely acknowledged at that time that Patrick was the number two pick. He was either yeah. number one or number two. Like, it's great to play this hindsight 2020 game, but the reality is, I mean, everyone had said what a great pick it was. I was excited they picked Patrick at the time for what it's worth. Yep. That was my it's guy. It's good to be in your feels. It's good to be upset sometimes and look at what was. But in the, t- in the moment, you have no idea of knowing what's going to come. You're in your right fandom, then, if you're a big fan of this uh, masochist <laughs> bullshit. Hmm? That was a good years. point, Dylan, though. It, it, there's yeah. no telling yeah. whether uh, Cal would have been the way that he is in um, Colorado here. I think about that a lot when people get really sad about Kane and JVR. Because who's to say that Patty Kane would have had any level of success like that here? Oh, I feel far more confident in that, especially I with do. the teams that was around him. But I do, yeah. I do as well. But yeah, like Flyers Dylan actually said, had, you, know, you never talent. know. Good players, believe it or not, back in the day. You imagine him slotted on a wing, you know, with Drew and Voracek. Oh. Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> what are we doing here? Sunday night. Live it up. <laughs> yes, fire is misery. Let's live it up. <clears throat> well, there's one last guy we can talk about here before we uh, call it a day, and it's 
old Carter Hart. Old, he's 24. Like 20. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we put out an episode of Freaking Flyer today, uh, Sunday, um, where Mike and Manny went deep into his uh, future in this Team Canada investigation. Yeah. You know, Mike is a lawyer, Manny's Canadian, um, so they were able to provide some very good insight on, yeah. you know, that case and what is going on there. Um, you know, whether or not that has anything to do with his potential trade or potential not trade, who knows at this point, you know, it may have some level to it, but, you know, from a Flyers perspective, taking that out of the equation, just weighing the pros and cons of trading this guy, you know, he's the one guy on the roster where, uh, I'm not, uh, not pro trading. I think this guy's too young. He's 24. He's got, I think he's gonna be 25 next month, actually. He's a birthday right before mine. But, uh, you know, it's just too young to give up on him. And I think Urson could be very good, but he stumbled down the stretch in Lehigh hard enough where I reconsidered penciling him in as, you know, the opening night starter next year. My guess is he was just exhausted. He missed all of the previous season, 21 22, uh, with a groin injury and subsequent surgery. So. You know, my guess is exhaustion down the road. He's playing every single night, too, because Ian LaPerrier can't manage his goaltenders. But uh, <laughs> beyond that, you know, I'm not really pro-trading this guy. Uh, you know, if Urson had a little more experience, maybe we could have this argument. Obviously, his contract is due at the end of the year. He's an RFA. And I'm probably going to look to cash in on that one, which may play a role into it. But at the end of the day, I don't think there's a situation out there where you can justify trading Carter Hart. There's just no previous track record for anything of this nature. We were talking a little before we started here that top goaltenders just do not get moved. There's not precedent for this kind of thing. And um, yes, I'm very much heavily on the team pro. Do not trade Carter Hart! But trade everyone else, though. I mean, the value's obviously there. Um I, I just think it's funny how it's mainly Canadian teams. Like, I think, if anything, if he wanted to be moved, he would go closer to home because he's from Edmonton, the Edmonton area. So I could see him going closer to home. Um, I think the World Junior stuff does definitely play a part. And, I mean, right now, I think if the Flyers were to move him, I don't think it would be this year. I think it would be the year of his contract being up. Well, I guess this is the year, but... When his contract's up at the end of the season, I think that's when they move him because I don't know if they have the money to resign him enough, especially if they're going into a rebuild. And maybe Pedersen, what the hell's his name from the Kings? Peterson. He, he maybe has a bounce back here, and Harrison and him can battle it out. But I don't know. I definitely don't want to trade him, but that's what makes sense. Josh, you want to go? Yeah, um, I, I had said this to Dan uh, before uh, everybody else had hopped on. I, I feel like whatever they get for him, it's just going to feel like it's not enough. Like they could get four first round picks back, and I'd be like, I don't know if it's enough. And at the same time, my, my, my I mean, I'm generally in life, I'm a pretty optimistic person, but when it comes to the Flyers, they so beat me into submission of negativity. <laughs> and so I just, I have like this worst case scenario. We trade him. And he he becomes you know just this franchise goal. Sergey Bobrovsky 2.0. Exactly. Or we keep him. He suffers some horrible injury, or he never lives up to it, and we should have traded him for four first round picks. Like to me, I I don't want to see him go. I'm also afraid him playing in net that he's going to cost the Flyers 
a couple of, of points because he's going to steal some games for him because he's good. Um, I, I just, I, I really don't have much of an opinion on Carter Hart because I just, I don't want to see him go. But at the same time, I can't say I want the Flyers to rebuild and then we have to hold all these pieces. I, I just, I really don't have much of an opinion on it. You sell him, and then the team gets good, and then you're right back where you were in 2010, where you have a good team. Yeah. And go, god damn it, we could use a goaltender right about now. Yep, there's the third one. Yeah, <laughs> the third option. Literally, uh, for for me, I'm I'm openly very opinionated about this, and that moving Carter Hart would be arguably one of the worst trades we'll look back at. Um, I think a lot of it for me stems from. I've watched, I grew up and watched these teams like, how did the Legion of Doom have that good of a team and not win? How did, you know, so many of these teams, if you had a goaltender even just just half as good as your, back in the day, Carey Price, your Lundqvist, your, you know, Pecorine or UC Soros apparently are both just ridiculous. Carter is someone who was so young when he got caught up due to injury, you know, playing full-time at 20 with the hopes of, hey, kid, uh, we, we haven't had a true goaltender since the early 90s, a true number one. Some would say we've never had a true number one since the 90s. So uh, I know you're 20, but uh, save the franchise. And, and that's just the the truth of what he was asked to do because of injury. He had to come up far earlier than he probably should have. And while I believe he has the talent, to be a true number one. He showed what he can do, and that's in front of a egregiously horrible defense. What what would you slot Carter Hart into any of these other top East or Western teams? You know, you put him in net against some of the goalies that were in the playoffs. I mean, what what do you get out of that other than just a flourishing talent? He's someone far too young who, if they give up on, I think will just crush the fan base. Now, I I don't want to belittle at all because I'm not educated enough to speak on the World Junior situation. I mean, you know, we're having this conversation as if he's clear, scot-free. You know, now we have a person with a contract and stuff to figure out. Um, you know, if, if that all does get sorted and he does remain on the team, um, you know, you have a massive decision to make, not only because are you about to tell the fan base, we thought we had, finally, a true heir to being a number one goalie, but we moved him. Or did we keep him? As Josh said, he suffers some terrible in- injury. He's just finally succumbed to being beaten down by, I have no defense and we suck and I don't want to be here. There's so many things that could happen. So I, I recognize that moving him could land a haul. You don't find number one goalies. They don't just fall out of trees. I, I seriously think it would be horrible. The only, the only question that makes this so hard for me is who are the goaltenders who have won Stanley Cups with their teams recently? Have they been goalies that have done just enough, that have been hot at the right time, or have they been true franchise goalies? Because I think if you look at it, there's more quote-unquote franchise goalies that have not won a cup than those who have just gotten hot at the right time in organizations that did not invest a ton in the goalie position. Aiden and Hill just I'm won the Stanley Cup. Torn. What's that? Aiden Hill just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and he got himself <laughs> four mil per year. Yeah. Do you want to pay yeah. Hill $4 million a year? I don't, but he won a Stanley Cup. And that's where I just kind of sit and go, 
back in the 90s, Anthony, I think you're absolutely right. If you put heart on that Legion of Doom era and even in the early 2000s, it was a totally different game. It was necessary to have a franchise goalie. Nowadays, I think it's more important to have an elite first-line center and an elite number one defenseman. Because if you go back and look at all of these teams that just won the Stanley Cup within the last five to seven years, they have both of those. Not so much the goaltender. Except so that's Tampa. Where I just, well, except for Tampa. But even then, I mean, I have I all three. I, you have I'd all three. Darcy Kemper. I'd argue Darcy Kemper for the Avalanche. I think you're higher on him than I am. But I, I would say I don't think he's ever had more than one good season. I think I, I from, think from, he's I think he was fine. I, I think he uh, flash was flash okay. in the pan when healthy, flash in the pan, sure. But if you need someone to win you, you know, to play thirty games, sure. Eighty two? No. So that that's the only that's the other reason why I'm so hung up on this heart thing, because I just I I don't really know what to do with the goalie position in this era of hockey. Hey, may be something. But do you want to it's, take that risk fair. now? Like, I think when you look at what Vegas did, no team in my years of watching hockey have I ever seen all four goalies on the roster could start easily on several teams throughout the league. Before uh, Brassois got hurt, he was fantastic. Logan Thompson, they hail as their future. Robin Leonard is like like Ryan Ellis to a lower degree. A player at the top of his game that will probably never play again. Who loves credit card fraud, apparently. Yes. <laughs> and and Aiden Hill, you know, did the – is it – forgive me. Was it the Coyotes or the Sharks who moved him for a fifth-round pick? I think it was the Sharks. Maybe both for all I know. It was the Coyotes, but for, for a fifth-round pick. And that guy could start on half the teams in the NHL. He's going to. Now. But are we but saying yeah, that now because he's won a Stanley Cup? That's the thing. If before this season I said Aiden Hill can start on half the teams in the NHL, I think that we would all probably laugh at that. It was Plus both. It was the Sharks and Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, my only point to that was I think the precedent of getting hot at the right time. I I agree. I agree with you. I think that that is more. The, look, by the time the eighty-two regular season is over and you start the playoffs. It, it's it's a bigger conversation about what is called and what's not and what's allowed in the playoffs. Those guys are never, don't believe it for a second, 100%. The whole goalie got hot at the right time might just be, this guy can actually walk and your franchise goalie no longer can. So I think that's that's what plays a bigger behind-the-scenes part of that. Now, somehow you're an Ironman like Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, you can play all 82 games and still also elitely run the playoffs. That that doesn't happen anymore. Those are the last stragglers of the Brodeur era of style goalie of I'm going to play every single game and I'm still going to be elite no matter what. That doesn't happen anymore at all. The game is too fast and too skilled. You know, you, you need a tandem to win. I think you're absolutely right. And I think you need... And I guess the the point is, as much as I want to say Carter's here eight to ten more years, he has this historic franchise-leading career with the Flyers as far as, you know, taking over records, that's fantasy. It's fantasy. I think the much, as you said earlier, the odds are much higher 
that you utilize what you have for a few years, you cash in on a trade, and you try and keep a steady, confident tandem or other goalies brought into the system. It is a fantasy to think that you're going to find another Vasilevsky Hellebuck for 10, 12 years in today's NHL. It doesn't happen. Yeah. They don't stick around. Well, I'm just past the hour mark here, so let's go On around the room. <laughs> yeah. Go around the room. Just uh, quick predictions for what you expect is going to happen this week, and then we'll call it on it, because I'm sweating my balls off in this room right now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go. Okay. Um, I think the deal with Hayes goes through. I believe Scott Lawton will stay, but I think the Hayes deal goes through. I think Krug moves his no-movement clause and goes to I think he's going to reunite in Boston because they love nothing more than to pull guys out of retirement for, hey, you want to give it one more run? And they're going to get the band back together and do it again. So I think he'll go back to Boston. Uh, and I believe Danny shocks us all. I I don't know how he does it. My prediction is we we land Mitch Cobb. I think he will do it. I don't know what package that becomes, whether that's him falling or trading up or a combination of the two. I think the Flyers land Mitchkov, and we're all much happier. Happier? Um, I mean, it's been reported that the Coyotes are willing to uh, move back if the Flyers or Capitals are willing yeah, they don't, to They them. don't keep traffics. So <laughs> they're willing to move back. But I think, yeah, Mitchkov will be a Flyer. And I'm going to go to a supportive way here and say almost not if everyone is gone other than Carter Hart. I think Danny Breer will at least try to move as many bodies as he can. And But definitely Tony D'Angelo and Kevin Hayes and Scott Lawton will be gone. And the most value they get will be from Travis Konechny. So as of 10-10, my prediction is 10-10 on Sunday night. My prediction is by Wednesday evening, three trades have been made. So I'm not going to lock in players or anything like that because I think it's extremely fluid and it could involve, I don't want to say three flyers. The prediction is three trades. So it could be upwards of seven flyers are traded, uh, especially if this uh, Krug third party is an option. We could see a lot more than that. I think there will be two that happen before the draft and there will be at least one that happens draft night on the draft floor. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, Hayes is gone. D'Angelo's gone. I hope Travis Konechny's gone. Hope Sanheim's gone. <laughs> and uh, trade them all. Yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling Mitchkov's going to be a flyer. I'm still not 100 percent sold on that idea, but I think it's going to happen. It seems to be, be a uh, shot in the arm. If I was a betting man, yeah, Mitchkov's going to be the guy. I wouldn't so. mind Benson, but. I think it's going to be Mitch Cobb. I want Danielle Butt. I want that guy. <laughs> 22. At 22. That's fine. I'll take him one way or the other. I want a Daniel Butt jersey. <laughs> you notice that final final note on predictions here. We spent much of this show discussing defense, specifically the, the, the right side, and all of us named forwards that we want them to take with the first picks. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We're not taking running back. Do yeah, not agree I, with it. 
There's too many goddamn so, forwards here. Don't yeah. pass up on that move. Exactly. You Danny to. moves up to number one. We have Bedard. That's my oh. bold prediction. Trade everyone to Chicago. Ooh, don't put that That's thought right. on Twitter. People get very angry at you. Those Blackhawks <laughs> fans, they find that stuff and they hunt you down, man. He'll pull a Lindros and say, I'm not going to Philadelphia and we'll have to trade the one pick back. I would just be so thrilled if he plays his if Bedard plays his first three years and then just says fuck off to Chicago and just goes somewhere else. Hey, with any luck, we find out more ugliness and Batman is gone and Chicago becomes more of a dumpster fire and he does want to leave because he doesn't want to be associated with the grossness that happened. Yep. And hey, in three years, flyers are meant to be competitive, so Three years, I'll be 30, so I'm going to live Stars alive. <laughs> so we heard uh, Dylan's prediction. In three years, Bedard will be on the Flyers because he's actively choosing to leave The boldest take of them all, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, everyone. We'll call it a night here. Um, yeah, appreciate the new uh, new crew coming to uh, say hi and talk some stuff. And uh, very last minute here. Flyers still don't make a trade. 10.13 uh, p.m. Waiting all this time, and they still didn't make a deal bastards but we will uh call it a night um i'll be back we're gonna record a flyers high chat tomorrow but i don't think it's gonna go up i'll probably go up next week uh, i'll be back wednesday night with noah for draft recap thursday will be frequent flyer and i'm not sure who's gonna be here saturday but we'll find somebody for um free agency so plenty of st- uh, shows coming up plenty of shit up on the website brotherlypuck.com at dan the flyer fan at brotherly puck and brotherly underscore pod and uh Josh, where can people find you on Twitter? Um I think it's Flyers Josh 44. I'm I'm really on top of these things. <laughs> oh man. You want me to look uh, for you real quick? <laughs> yeah, I gotta I'm like I said, I'm I'm so on top of these things. Fly uh, guy Fly Josh ninety one. There you go. There you go. Beautiful. Anthony. You'll find me at Spots on Goal uh, in a crowd of other Philadelphia Anthonys, apparently. Um, <laughs> happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Dylan! Pretty straightforward. Dylan Roblard underscore. There you the go. talented graphics wonder. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Is that the new intro from him for now on? The talented graphics wonder! Oh, my man's got skills. I've seen his stuff, you know? That's fine. Mm-hmm. I can I can specialize intros. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Until next time. Goodbye and good night.